Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Manual Podcast. My name is Abby Miner. I'm a marriage and family therapist, an ADHD-certified clinical services provider, and a proud ADHDer. This is a podcast for people with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and those who love us, which covers pretty much everybody. Growing up with a colorful brain in a black and white world can make us feel like aliens. The manual we've been given to guide us through life doesn't have any diagrams of the parts we've been given. I've decided to stop throwing away my parts and start throwing away this useless manual to write my own. So kick off your shoes, have a seat, and take a break from fitting yourself into a mold that's not your shape. You belong here. Allies, welcome to the ADHD planet. ADHDers, welcome home. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the ADHD Manual Podcast. Um, This is Abby here. And this is Joe. Yes, you might recognize uh, that voice back in the... In the studio, studio closet, studiozet. Yep, yep, studiozet, the, the little nook that uh, uh, gets the books read. <laughs> yeah, so he's here uh, spending the holidays with us down from uh, from the north of Canada. Um, and yeah, I thought we would, uh, you know, bring him in here because today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, ADHD in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I... I feel pretty confident that the vast majority of my listeners are adults with ADHD, uh, so I think that this uh, topic could be very relevant for them. Um, and then I thought, well, what better way to talk about ADHD at the office than to talk about ADHD in The Office, the TV show, <laughs> which is my favorite show and um, really makes me think about ADHD a lot. And so I thought, and who better to have for that conversation than my brother Joe? Right, right, right. He's a fellow office fanatic. Yes. Right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely see a lot of ADHD tendencies in that show in the office, and definitely a lot of relatable predicaments come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. But I think, I hope adults are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and. If there's kids listening to the podcast, that'd be interesting. Like, why, why are kids listening mm. to podcasts? Is that a thing? Do kids listen to podcasts? It's a good question. I'm not sure. I do feel like it's kind of an, an old person thing. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that's just because I feel old. And Right. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, old people like us. <laughs> <laughs> like, all I know are old people that listen to podcasts. Right. Anyway. Yeah. But I mean, as opposed to, like, uh, parents of ADHD kids, which yeah. I know I have a few of. Mm-hmm. Um and we love you, and we want you to be here as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about uh, could kind of be generalized to accommodations in general, which might help in school as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good place to, to leap off. For sure, for sure, yeah. And so, so things, uh, things that might come up, like, in the workplace uh, might come out, come out of productivity or... Mm. Um, learning how to work with others or uh, lead a team or maybe maybe it's struggling with a bad manager or um, uh, uh, hopefully we'll maybe get to talk about the what that means to have different management styles mm-hmm. quote unquote and if that's like an actual thing that managers should have <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or, or should they or should they kind of look at, the overall goal of the company or workspace and learn to foster relationships uh, amongst employees. Uh, but, but yeah, so like, especially, uh, I think when Michael Scott leaves the office, mm. um, like there's a, there's a portion of, of in the middle, it's like season five, I believe. Right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so season five, Michael Scott leaves uh, and to start his own paper company, yeah. and um, uh, a new manager comes in and kind of steps in and really shows how how Michael Scott uh, was really the perfect fit for that office and mm. how like there's just a lot of angst uh, that it is created uh, because of this new manager because he doesn't quite. Uh, quite mesh with people's working styles right and he's temporary right Mm -hmm. so we're talking about charles minor for those who have watched the show Mm -hmm. um 
and how, you know, he's uh, like a vice president of something. So he's has an enormous amount of power and he's kind of subbing in and um, and it was it kind of provided an interesting contrast to the way that Michael managed. Um, And uh, and I think I I, I found an article um, that quoted another article so the article is like how not to manage an employee with ADHD because it cited or it was a response to an article called how to manage employees with ADHD mm-hmm. by uh, Victor Lippmann um, and basically Lippmann was saying that the best way to manage um, employees with ADHD was a lot of micromanagement and isolation and he even says that um, people with ADHD tend to be better as individual contributors rather than team leaders, um, which is offensive. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I just kind of like uh, was thinking about that as like you know, personally, when I think about uh, a leader with ADHD on TV, I think of Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that these these few episodes where someone else who was much more uptight and by the book and um, very rigid um, was actually a worse fit for these um, these people who, like, for the whole five seasons before that, you kind of are like, oh, these poor people, they just need more structure. <laughs> but then they get it and you realize, actually, no, like, um, what was actually working about the way that Michael ran things. Right, right. Because we, we encounter, like, time and time again, um, even, uh, are we encountered, like, before season five? Uh, where, like, Michael, yeah, actually we are, because Michael is, like, time and time and time again, proving everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the branch is coming up with, like, high numbers, high mm-hmm. sales numbers. Right? Yeah, totally. I like that the show, like, explicitly says that his branch is the most um, successful and the most prosperous um, when he clearly does things so differently. You know, he refers to his employees as his family a lot, you know? <laughs> like, so it's kind of, like, made clear how how Michael, and I, I might argue how Michael's ADHD um, really gives him a different perspective on the job itself and more of like investment investment in the relationships and investment in you know being a boss and supporting people and mm-hmm. um and more so that rather than viewing it as just a job and just a stepping stone which is different and right. i think it's cool right yeah. and it's uh and it really is kind of awesome how he prioritizes relationships right mm. and so so what about what, what do you think about his ADHD um, might uh, help that, or what aspect of his ADHD might um, bring about the importance of relationships? Mm-hmm. And like, because we, we even see Michael when he gets the second job, right? Uh, and he's going and he's, he's a telemarketer. Mm-hmm. Um, like he, he'll sit on the phone like for five <laughs> to 10 minutes and he's like, well, quite frankly, like, like, like Susan, I'm not sure why they're not playing him. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and like he comes, the, the boss comes in, he's like my office. And he's like, mm-hmm. you just gotta say the script. And right. he's like, no, I, I know sales. And I had that sale. Because because it's a it's a relationship you gotta build that trust and you have to make it a good sale rather than just quick pitch and it's uh, something a lot more involved. So what what about Michael's ADHD um, really kind of stands out in that about prioritizing relationships? Um. Yeah, I think it's a lot of. Well, like you were saying, like not doing well with the script and needing to build a relationship without like the proposed structure. I think we see that over and over. Like if we, if Michael is left to his own devices, like he does fine. You know, he might like make some messes along the way, but, um, but he's still, you know, he, like that whole, the initiation episode, right? Where it's pretzel day and, um, Jan, his boss, has told um, Pam, the receptionist, to keep a log of what he does all day, hour by hour. <laughs> and um, that episode was just like, ugh, what a perfect little snippet of ADHD. Mm. Um, and, like, I, I would really recommend, like, anyone who, you know, wants to see ADHD in action or really wants to, like, you know, describe the experience to other people, I would show them that because, like, it's 
it's really a matter of him it looking like he's getting distracted and looking like that he's doing entirely the wrong thing all day. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, we find out he actually made a humongous sale mm-hmm. and that everything that he was doing throughout the day was contributing to this, to like preparing um, for this big sale, right? And so it's like, it's really cool um, about that. And I think, I think in a lot of ways, um, his... Rejection sensitivity, you know, um, yeah. RSD that we talk about a lot. And it's really, really hard to see that as a positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and truth be told, there might not be a lot of positives about it. But um, I think it really did, um, you know, make it kind of clear that he has an, an additional sense, you know, like it's something like it's almost like a sixth sense. Like yeah. he has this ability to feel out people and feel out like what they want and what they are interested in and how to connect with them. And he's just like really good at that time and time again. And I love that they really emphasize that, um, you know, and I think they do a good job of showing both, you know, and I've been listening to the office ladies podcast, which is, um, two of the stars from the office, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, um, going through episode by episode. And, they do, even from the beginning, they said, um, like, it, it was intentional to show, like, one moment of Michael's, I don't know, goodness, like, in every episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really important for them to maintain that the whole way, because obviously it's a remake of the British office. Right. And the British office doesn't have a whole lot of, like, positive depictions of the boss there, the yeah. David Brent. Yeah. I mean, and, and no bashing the British office. It's oh, very yeah. good in its own right. right. And, right, um, right. you know, it's it's really valuable and funny. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's just a, a really cool perspective to... I don't think we see often this kind of... And, I mean, this is coming from I'm very biased. I love the office. I have for several years. I have... I don't want to count how many times I watched it all the way through mm-hmm. and, um, you know, obviously very biased, but like, I really enjoy, um, the complex, um, depiction of ADHD in, in the show, even if it never names it. Um, I wish they did, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that it's, we don't see that a lot. I think we usually see one or the other, um, the kind of like, person who is totally off the rails, um, you know, because of their ADHD or, you know, someone who's like only, only the positives of being kind of, um, unconventional, but still really like creative and cool. I like, I think it does a good job of showing both. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a really good depiction. Um, yeah, for sure. And and I think and, and we've we kinda let off with this a little bit and it and it makes like Michael's ADHD makes him a great manager. Right. And so like even even having even having like like I'm I'm picturing his desk right now. Right? <laughs> because he has like that, that expandy little ball thing, like the, the yeah, all the toys. Yeah, all the little toys, the mm-hmm. train whistle, the little truck, the Dunder Mifflin truck and like <laughs> Like all that kind of stuff, and he'll, he'll kind of, like, like, the his life, and just like a lot of ADHD, and I and my life too is very much a smorgasbord. Yeah. Right. And and so it's kind of kind of that jack of all trades kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like it's like like um like truth truth be told, I thrive <laughs> <laughs> with, under no accountability. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's so funny. Even though we know that's like not entirely the case, right? right and I right. think I and I think they do that well too. You know, like that that uh, he clearly has a kind of flawed perception of himself, which yes. um, which we all kind of I think have. You know, like that's an executive function, being able to reflect on your yourself accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so realistic, uh, realistic notions of your own capabilities and. Um, and yeah, yeah. So having that, having that kind of balance of realistic, uh, or, or our reality and how that balances with what we think we're capable of, mm. um, is very much this, what, what can manifest, uh, in some very low lows, mm. um, but it can manif- 
also manifest in some like incredibly confident and like bombastic and, and wonderful ideas. Um, and especially for a manager, mm-hmm. um, when you're, you're kind of almost tasked with uh, big picture thinking and looking at a direction of a, a, of a system or a business or, or what have you, like it's mm-hmm. super, super awesome to be able to shoot for the stars. And mm-hmm. and be like no 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 like 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 uh, going back to the pretzel day right yeah. um, like after he has his pretzel he comes <laughs> out like sugar I am going to streamline the efficiency of this office we are going to <laughs> 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 and granted yeah it was just a sugar rush but at the same time it's like 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 if anybody took that seriously um, mm-hmm. and because they all knew Michael at this point and had developed a little bit of a relationship so they they knew he was mm-hmm. just having kind of a sugar rush but like if anybody were to entertain those ideas and actually like stoke the fire and uh, I'm sure that would have, there would have been some great ideas that came out of that sugar rush. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think like one kind of cool thing about Michael's ADHD is that like, I'm just thinking about my experience at being in a lot of different jobs um, and being undiagnosed. So I think that even like undiagnosed or diagnosed being an adult with ADHD, sometimes I feel like the goal is to be invisible. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like is to just like skirt by undetected, like don't get any negative attention and like, you know, just try to keep up, try to be like everyone else and like, don't stand out. And, um, you know, sometimes that feels like that's, you know, good. Like (laughs) that's the point. And so, one thing that's kind of cool about Michael is that, like, he doesn't let anyone in his office be invisible. Right. You know? And he's kind of, like, very, very, like, uh, it's not, I don't think he often does the whole, like, um, no news is good news thing, right? Like, he's just, like, it's not um, just, you know, you only get spoken to if you do something wrong. You know, it's very, like... Um, you know, a lot of recognition and, you know, noticing people and seeing them. And um, so that's kind of cool. And then I, and then I think that's part of his ADHD also, because like he, it's mentioned like so many times, like his like paralyzing fear of being forgotten, you know, right. or left out. Um, you know, like there's a, there's a deleted scene um, in what episode is it? It's uh, from Grief Counseling in season three. And um, and it's just the talking head of Pam, the receptionist, going, one time Michael told me that Home Alone was the saddest movie ever. And when I asked him why, he said, because the whole family just forgets the kid at home. There's nothing funny about that. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I'm so glad they so cut true. that because it's so perfect. It's a perfect like yeah. capture of Michael like he's you know he, he's terrified of being forgotten and that sometimes makes him act out like you know kind of um, outrageously but it also means that he doesn't forget anybody you know mm-hmm. even like they I think they do um, a lot of little bits about how he remembers every customer's name mm-hmm. like all the clients names he remembers and remembers the names of their kids like they talk about that a lot and he just remembers people's names because he sees everybody right you know and it, I don't know. I just think it's so beautiful. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like um, like his Rolodex, right? Yeah. Like, his Rolodex would just be filled, filled yeah. with things. And, uh, and like, there's that one, like, where he has his own color coding system, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> and you just, like, pretty much every color means don't talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah. orange means orange, you glad you didn't mention it up. Uh, or you didn't bring it up. <laughs> Green means go ahead and shut up about it. <laughs> Yeah, so it's so good. And I I often, like, I often love, like, all the time they spend on showing how much work Michael puts into keeping up socially. Yeah. Like, there's so many storylines about how hard he has to work to, like, pick up on those cues. Like, the Rolodex cards, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's, like, it, for a lot of people, I think, um... A lot of neurotypical people might not realize how much work it is for a lot of neurodivergent people to kind of a lot of things that come naturally to them, like those social cues, those little things, those like 
they don't, they are natural to us. Like we often do have to kind of like observe them like an anthropologist and take notes on it and, you know, make sure that we know like, oh no, don't say this. (laughs) That went badly before, you know? (laughs) um, Yeah. yeah, So I think that's really great. And even like, oh, the episode with um, when Dunder Mifflin gets bought by Sabre. And so the new CEO, um, Joe, uh, kind of is in their conference room at the at the Scranton branch, and and Michael's trying to be friends with her yeah. so hard, yeah. and it's this whole episode of him like her making a flippant comment about like oh yeah if you're ever in Florida you have a place to stay, and then he just takes it like way too far, and he's like great so I booked a flight you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be here in Florida on these dates yeah yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, can we maybe pull the trigger on that? Because I booked a couple of flights and I wasn't sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and so and then it goes to a talking head of him, and he's just like, "Okay, so let's break this down." Yes. Joe Joe likes Michael. Joe invites Michael down to Florida. Joe hates Michael. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he just oh. doesn't quite get that it transition. Breaks me because yeah. you know I I think we've all had a billion like you know, breakdowns like that of like, where, where am I missing something? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, those things that people feel naturally and we have to work at. So I think it's, oh, it's so important. Yeah. And I think that makes him a good manager too. You know, I think it's, I think, and I, and I think for a lot of us, like we, um, you know, maybe because I had to work really hard on, um, you know, picking up on social cues and really following along, um, maybe that makes me a better therapist. I don't know. Right. Because like, right. I'm used to working on that. I'm used to working on, you know, noticing things and trying to make deductions from them. And Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, I mean, we I think we mentioned in, in our previous episode mm-hmm. um, when uh, that I feel like I'm actually quite good at, like, picking up on people's energy and, like, what people Definitely. need and stuff like that. And so that comes from, like, my kind of people pleaser, like, always mm-hmm. kind of, like, like a part of that maybe RSD um, spike a little bit of, like, oh, okay, so I'm, I have have so much practice with, like, being, being that kind of, um, being that barrier uh, at the bottom where, or the soundboard where everybody's just kind of, or the fly on the wall, mm-hmm. uh, even. Because not feeling or not feeling able to contribute, like all I can do is listen, and so like like because because that was just so much easier mm-hmm. to to practice um, rather than go through the strife of like this this whole figuring out social cues and all that kind of stuff. Because uh, yeah, I've certainly been in those situations where like oh, only I've been on the opposite side of like trying to be nice or trying to trying to kind of relay a social cue that I think is a social cue and then and then get like a friend or something that I or or, like an acquaintance that I just don't really I wasn't prepared for because like that's not what I was trying to do Mm. Um, and so, <laughs> making accidental friends. <laughs> right, yeah. so, That's true. You yeah. have always done that. You kind of collected outcasts. <laughs> yeah, people really yeah. feel drawn to you. Uh, yeah, and it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, like, like I would, I would be looking at something and seeing like what people need, mm. and then I'd, I'd pick out a couple of people that are just oh man they look super down in the dumps like mm. like maybe maybe if i just go talk to them they can just kind of or, or just say hi because oftentimes that's all they need is mm-hmm. someone to look at them and say hi and then they're like, oh my gosh let me tell you been waiting you said, for this yes please <laughs> like <laughs> yeah um as you can tell by the, the the creaking of the chair i just leaned forward on my chair but yeah uh, <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a really it's 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 an interesting manifestation of it, right? Of of my my ADHD um, and sure. being that crowd pleaser, mm-hmm. um, but even when I don't really mean to be. <laughs> yeah, but I think another thing that it does for you is it makes you extremely inquisitive. Yeah, you know, like even though like there is a lot that comes naturally to you about feeling out and like feeling people's energies and speaking to it, it's like I think that. Um, 
maybe a lot of what is so attractive to you as a friend, like, uh, is your inquisitiveness. Like, I, I know we've had a lot of conversations about, like, um, I can't remember what a specific one, maybe you can, but, like, um, saying, you just being like, well, why do you do that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, why is that funny to you? Or, like, yeah, yeah. Why, why are you saying that? Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, you know, I get, I get what you mean about, like, this being rude, but why? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's good. And it's, uh, you know, you're getting your master's in human geography. And so I think a lot mm-hmm. of that is, is, do you find that that's helpful, that inquisitiveness? and? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Just being able to ask questions, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Being able to... Uh, and being being comfortable as well. I mean, um, uh, in my human geography or in my studies of human geography, and which is, to be honest, has been quite paralyzing mm-hmm. um, because I'm quite inquisitive and also like to do things right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so, like, especially looking at learning about a broader research paradigm and trying to get back into community-based research and then kind of intertwining my own privilege and like mm. my own position as a researcher and as a white male and like as this mm-hmm. kind of like and it's really uh, uh, like sometimes it can just be a whirlwind that just keeps me stuck in one place yes. um, because there it, it almost seems like there's nothing like right to do mm-hmm. um, so all that's left is just to do something mm-hmm. and that first step is just the hardest Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of really wanting to get something right and being paralyzed by that, one scene that I wanted to talk about was um, how I think that ADHD pops up in another character, which is Jim Halpert, right? And um, I mean, I think there's a lot of things about him that that could really fit with the ADHD thing, you know? Even Pam says one day, like, you know, the thing about Jim is that when he gets really excited about something, he does really well, but that hardly ever happens here, you know? Um, so I think there's a lot about him that speaks ADHD, but what really spoke to me is uh, a storyline that I recently found out that not everyone sees the same way I do, <laughs> um, and that is, oh, we started talking about it, the, with Charles Minor, yeah. the new um, VP, and him coming in when Michael's off doing his own business, and, and Jim... Um, is you know automatically gets off on the wrong foot with this new boss um you know i think partly because of that uh kind of casual um you know very relaxed and um you know laid back persona that you know might not look appealing to someone who's really focused on structure and productivity right Right. so like he's (laughs) yeah exactly He's automatically on the wrong foot, and um, and Charles Minder, the VP who's subbing in for Michael, says like, "Jim, can you make me a rundown of all your clients?" And really? yeah, <laughs> the whole episode is him like, "What is a rundown?" And he's just paralyzed, and he's like, he hasn't started it for hours, and he's trying to figure out what it is from everyone else in the office, and um, you know, he's trying to get clues from Charles about what he's looking for, and. Yeah. Charles is just not giving him anything. And, right. Um, and uh, real quick, I think what's important to note mm-hmm. is that, like, oftentimes, because one of the things, um, and, and we've talked about this as well, right? Um, so, like, like having, <clears throat> um, because this, this issue kind of is quite divisive, uh, like within the the office, um, yeah, uh, I'm fan in many pages. office yeah. groups. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so just just making sure to hammer out that it's not that Jim is completely clueless about what a rundown is. Mm. It's that a rundown can be anything from mm-hmm. A to Z, yeah. right? Like there's so many options of what a rundown could include mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, okay. So, and he wants to do a good job because he's already on the bad foot, right? right. Um, or the wrong foot. Um, and so it's this weird, weird kind of thing of like, oh, uh, from his tone from what I'm reading it should be an easy little thing that I should do but I also have all this information that I could include Mm -hmm. and then I've never done a rundown in this setting before or for Charles for that matter Mm -hmm. or for Michael for that matter so it's like you get the sense that it's totally foreign right right, that he's never been asked to do that before and it's so weird and and I didn't I thought there was one way to see that storyline I thought it was like Charles is being a jerk like, um, this is what it's like when Michael's not there, and that sucks, and, like, 
um, poor Jim, and I totally relate to this, right? And I, <laughs> I realize that is not how people see that mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, I think many people get very frustrated with Jim. Yeah. Um, and, like, um, either say, like, a rundown is so simple, like, this is you're just proof that Jim is incompetent and lazy and he just like Michael just lets him get away with everything and all that and um or you know it's it's he's lazy and competent because he doesn't ask you know what what a rundown is but um you know it's and so it's so fascinating and I realize that that is very hard to hear or read on Facebook (laughs) you know people like criticizing Jim in this situation because I'm like oh my god that has happened to me so many times like really wanting to do something right and trying really hard to, um, you know, get more information and figure out like, okay, well, what exactly do I have to do? Because the thought of my boss seeing this and it not being good enough is just devastating. I can't even fathom it. So it's so embarrassing to have a boss come to you, even like not only either during or especially after you do a job, like, it's so embarrassing to have a boss be like, hey, so you didn't do it right. It's like, ah, mm. um, okay, <laughs> should I quit now? Or <laughs> uh, are you just going to fire me? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, it, it, and it's just like, and it, it just brings back all this insecurity of like, I feel like there's so many things, especially in a workplace setting where, I feel so embarrassed to not know things that people think I should know. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much about things that um, other people see as self-explanatory or like very simple um, that are not those things to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I think I would do the exact same thing as Jim. Mm-hmm. Like, and he did, he tried to ask for help. You know, he tried yeah. to say like, do you have a rundown I can look at? Um, and Charles is like, what do you need one? Like, that's yeah. silly, you know, super, like <laughs> super dismissive. Yeah. Very yeah. dismissive. You know, Jim does it and then says, do you want to look over this to see if it's right? And he's like, well, do I need to? And he's like, oh, uh, no, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So he's just really trying to get some assistance and not yeah. getting it. Yeah. Um, and then he finally kind of gets some kind of rundown like complete. And I don't know if you noticed the rundown that he puts together is pretty thick. Oh really? <laughs> like, like it's it's a yeah, it's like a, a stack packet. of papers, yeah. So so I'm not I'm not gonna say that he put a lot of work into it, because um, I guess we don't really know. But I, I'm gonna say he put a lot of work into it, right? And and because he was nervous and he wanted to get all the information in, and then he was like, and he literally handed it to him and did he, he didn't even take a look at it, right? And because right. it was that kind of dismissive thing. And then it was the whole thing about fax it to the fax it to the distribution list. <laughs> yeah. It's like what the heck is what a distribution list? What list is that? Like there <laughs> could be any number, you know, just this. Uh. And like, I don't know. Like I get like a lot of people are like, you know, just ask which. What do you means? Or you know, um, this should be obvious. Like you've worked here for like several years. Like you should know who's on the distribution list or whatever. But like, and that whole episode just felt like my entire experience working amongst in like neurotypical offices or workspaces. Like it's just a constant barrage of like words being thrown around that people are like, yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And me going, what is that? Like, is that even English? Like I'm not, are you, what? (laughs) You know, Googling things all the time. Like what, what is a CV? You know, (laughs) just all this stuff. Like people just throw around. Curriculum vitae. I need to learn (laughs) Latin now. All this stuff that people think just comes to you. And I think a lot of it, obviously, it comes back to privilege as well. You know, that kind of like, um, you know, the the offices being very streamlined and like the, you know, very white male culture and, um, you know, coming from anything outside of that is like, it's very baffling. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So, well, my question is like, how... How do you think um, Michael managed in a different way than Charles did in that situation? Like, what do you think was better about the way Michael manages things for Jim? Well, well, I think 
for one, Michael had a lot more trust. Mm. Like loads, loads, loads more trust. Um, and Michael is a lot more inquisitive. Yeah. So you have Michael, um, if it's something important, like if it's something that needs to be run by him, mm-hmm. then he'll he'll very much like sit there until he <laughs> understands it, right? So when, when, uh, <laughs> yes. when Oscar is um, describing the budget surplus, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, all right, why don't, why don't you just uh, describe this to me like I'm 10? Uh, and then and it's so like he, too complicated. Yeah, it's like, why don't you describe it to me like I'm five? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And so it, it's that whole thing of just like a, a process of understanding, mm-hmm. and like like not not only is it is it that two way street of like oh okay no, um, you explain this to me even if he did get it, mm-hmm. like even if he did have his own idea of what something was like why don't why don't you explain something to me so that i am sure we're on the same page yeah and and like that doesn't always happen and oftentimes like they're on different pages right yeah so like michael and making these very explicit right right Mm -hmm. yeah being very yeah left up to chance yeah yeah and and very much like and i think michael did it really well with relating um relating the relationship back to the work Mm. and being like being like hey 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 like i know i know you like to do this i know you like to i know you i know you're a good guy or something i know you're a um a good worker or like like yeah like i know you're this kind of person so the way that you're going about this doesn't quite make sense to me in terms of your character Mm. can you explain this to me and how this what this means for like not only what i think of you but what you think of you Mm. and just kind of making it a a lot more um involved in in a holistic approach so i think i think one thing you mentioned about like what what michael does differently that would have helped in the rundown situation with jim i think was that he really made a culture of inquisitiveness right like of like of there not really being any stupid questions you know because he has stupid questions on the daily and you know like yeah not yeah. even not even that it's it's more it's not even creating the culture it's just like again going back to the relationship mm-hmm. and and michael's michael's need um or, or his 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 ADHD and his um, rejection sensitivity was mm-hmm. very much a, a huge turning point in engaging how people are feeling mm-hmm. and making sure that any angst was 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 met with a problem solving solution. Yeah. And and if and if it wasn't, then then something something was a muck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and so. It, yeah, I think really just in that situation um, and uh, something that you mentioned uh, where there was an HR person uh, in one of the groups that was like, oh, it looks like Charles getting is getting ready to fire oh, Right, yeah, in yeah. one of the office groups. It was like, it looks like, yeah, Charles is... Um, you know, getting Jim to uh, write a write up of all his clients and then fax it to distribution so that they can redistribute his clients so they can fire him. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So like that, yeah, that very like duplicitous, you know, kind of, and that's something that like Michael never did, right? right? Like he was never, I mean, he definitely like had some some moments where he would try to hide things, you know, he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to tell him about downsizing. Like, you don't tell a patient if they have cancer. You know, like, that kind of thing, like, where he does try to protect them from bad news, but, like, but overall, he's incapable of really keeping any secrets. So, yeah. like, that's because, true. That yeah. that situation wouldn't have happened. Like, yeah. the employees, yeah. it seems like they always know exactly why they're doing something or why they're being asked to do something. Right, and, and I feel like that's super interesting and... Um, and important to to realize in terms of Michael as a manager, because when oftentimes uh, I've been in so many so many like workplaces where mm-hmm. management their they their like trump card is I I can't do anything about it. It came from upper management, right? Right. It's mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like 
such a cop out Mm. because like managers actually do like they are at the table they're Mm -hmm. able like michael michael was i feel like constantly the one with jan to be like (laughs) like no 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 we did that's not important right now like Mm -hmm. what's like tell me what's important because because like like and whether that be an interest or importance based right Mm -hmm. um it was just more so like michael asked asked those questions of being like hey like why do we need to do this yeah oh oh we're just trying to get more clients because we're going under okay yeah i can i can understand that and i don't i don't want to lose my family right once he knows what's going on he's on board exactly yeah i think that's a good kind of tip for how to um make workplace environments easier on people with adhd right like i think we i think I don't know if it's more so than other employees. I'm sure everyone would benefit from this. But I think we especially really need to know the why. Oh, yeah. And, like, (laughs) you know, just doing things to do them is not our style. (laughs) So, like, like for me, um, like a big, uh, and and, and it kind of relates back to my overall priorities, too, is because I think of um, my, my like, janitorial position, like, back at uh, Southern. Mm. And, And so like the things that I did like oftentimes like it was fairly easy job like I was I was but I was often one of the go-to kind of gender uh like people because I was just constantly just walking around just doing stuff mm-hmm. and like I didn't need direction because I had my own thing of like why I want to do this because of environmental mm-hmm. environmental reasons so I'm like I'm like oh no like I want to make it as easy as possible for people here to be environmental. Mm. And so like, that was my big why. Right. And then, and then it got to a point where I was like trying and, and I like incorporated compost, like into the, mm-hmm. into the back kitchens and like trying to get people more involved and like being like, Oh yeah, no, it's easy. Just, just dump it out and like compress the cardboard and then we can continue. Um, but so like, that was my big why. Uh, so like having, having that kind of confidence and a why, um, really adds a lot to a role. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think we, we should, I, I've actually been thinking about a couple of sound bites uh, in terms of like what we can tell managers from this podcast. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking about like, um, I'm personally trying to figure out what's the difference between like micromanaging and like you know, just letting someone do their own thing. Because I think both extremes are not good for us. (laughs) So I'm like, there's some instances where, like, with Jim, like, with the rundown, like, he needed more direction. He needed to know exactly what Charles was looking for. Um, Or an example, you know, I think that, I think he right off the bat asked for what I would recommend, number one, and for ADHD years doing anything is because of our, you know, like... um, our deficits in non-verbal working memory. Um, it makes it really hard for us to start tasks because we don't have um, as strong a picture as neurotypical people do of the finish line, right? right? So mm-hmm. like a lot of times, like um, it's kind of like we're starting from scratch every time, yeah. you know, it's really hard for our brains to hold on to the idea of like, okay, well, what is this resume going to look like when it's finished? And then yeah. I can work towards it, but we can't do that as well. So, like, asking for an example, I think, is one is one thing that managers can do. Or just providing an example um, right off the bat without, yeah. like, um, having to ask for it. So, like, how, what, what are your opinions about, like, how, how can managers tell when someone needs more check-ins and when someone needs to be, you know, like Michael, like, given less accountability because he will figure it out? How yeah. do you think you tell? I honestly, like, it, it's the fine line between um, being involved and micromanaging. Mm. And so I, I very much think that managers should be involved, mm. and but it should be a conversation, and there should be more, there should be more emphasis on how somebody views their job mm. rather than the man, how the manager views how the job should be done. Interesting. Explain. So, so just kind of like, like more, it's just situating the language around doing a job or a duty. 
Um, it's just something that breaking it down into concrete like roles and suggestions I think is super super helpful mm -hmm. so so being and, and that comes from a conversation it's not uh, and it's really it's really about kind of going to an employee and being like hey like did you like these are these are kind of the list of responsibilities that you have like did you get through those today like how'd you find it Mm -hmm. um, instead of being like, okay, so I see you didn't do this, I see you didn't do this, mm -hmm. um, or those kinds of things. Or, um, and especially when, say, something could be done better, mm -hmm. like being like, oh, okay, so uh, uh, bringing it down into one or two concrete improvements. Mm -hmm. Like uh, having, having um say okay yep I see you got this I see you got this much done this is so helpful mm -hmm. and doing doing like um critique sandwiches right so <laughs> yeah the positive negative positive yeah. exactly yeah so just like I really love how you did how you did this mm -hmm. I would love to see just more of this mm -hmm. and uh and the way that the job you did today makes me think that you'll do it better in the future mm -hmm. um so just creating that conversation around that and and like and oftentimes like the a, a big thing anyway i don't want to get into that <laughs> just uh in terms of creating my own critiques of that but mm. but uh, yeah I, I really think it's it's just creating concrete suggestions and creating a conversation yes i think concrete cr um feedback is a great way to describe what what i think in general we really need in the workplace yeah because, like, nothing is more, like, stomach-wrenching to me than just getting, like, oh, well, no, this is, this is too, this is too short. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or, like, yeah. you know, this is, um, yeah, you know, when I read this, it's just, like, you know, I don't, I don't really get, um, you know, enough detail from that. Just that vague, like, you know, like, no, you're not doing this right with no sense of, right. like, what would make it better. Like, you really have to know... If you're gonna give that kind of feedback, you really have to, you know, talk it out and be yeah. like, I'm getting this. So like, what do you think would make it more this? Or like, here's an example of what I'm looking for. Or like, yeah. you know. Okay, so here's here's a great example, connecting back to the office that I would love to end on. Yay, okay. Yeah. So remember when, um, I think it was the commercial, when Ryan is the VP, <sighs> right? Yes. And Ryan says to Michael, like, hey, look, I'm not good at sales, right? <laughs> but I'm great at managing people who do sales. I think that's a lie because <laughs> he was a terrible manager. It's not great. <laughs> right? He was a terrible manager. And the best managers that I've had have been people that know how to do or know something about um, the jobs and roles of their employees. Yes. And it really, really comes from that understanding. And that's what we see in, and what makes Michael a great manager mm -hmm. in his inquisitiveness because of his need to understand. Mm. And if he doesn't, then he can't manage because he doesn't understand what they're supposed to do. Yes. And so bringing that understanding of what you really like, if you can't do something yourself, mm. you better be inquisitive as heck <laughs> because... Like, or, or else you're just going to turn into somebody that's like, do this, do that. Because I don't, I don't know how to do it. Right. Like, and I that's can't a bad lead manager. You. Yeah. 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 If you can't lead someone in, in doing it, then like, yeah. And also like not only being inquisitive about, um, roles and like the, the jobs that make up the workplace that you're leading, but also being inquisitive about your employees themselves. Right. And yeah. figuring out what, what they're really good at and what they're really passionate about. Like. Like, he, Michael had that with everyone in the office. Like, yeah. he knew everyone's thing. Yeah. You know, like, he was, uh, you know, it was very easy for him to figure out what people were good at. Mm -hmm. um, except Toby. <laughs> um, yeah, because Toby wasn't good at HR even. Right, yeah. yeah. Because, like, he was actually in the seminary. He dropped out to, to, to have yeah. sex with this girl, got married, then divorced. Wouldn't and then, say he's passionate about yeah. HR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he took the first job he found in HR. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that kind of, like, apathy is what... Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that Michael hates about Toby, but I think the <laughs> apathy is really what, what 
Michael hates. You know, he just, he can't relate to that. Right. He can't relate to someone who finds no joy in any part of their job. Exactly. Because if <laughs> you he's know. not interested, he can't do it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but even like, oh yeah, but going back to Ryan of like, I'm good at managing people who do sales. In that conversation, he's telling Michael like, um, you're, you're not creative. Your job is not to be creative. Like they're coming up with a local advertisement. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says like, your job is not to be creative. We leave it to the creative professionals and you know, like you might be creative, but you're not good at this job. Right. Where like, it's, you know, Michael is his creativity, right? Like that is his strength. And like really everything he does is so creative because it's so like, you know, weird, <laughs> you know, yeah. like everything he does is so different, um, that it's inherently creative. So, okay. yeah. So that in and of itself is a, is an example of like a bad manager doesn't know his employee's strengths, um, and weaknesses. Right. right. So like, you know, I, and I think that's important to spend some time on. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. For sure. And uh, and I, I can't wait to see the um, uh, ADHD in the office Facebook. Group. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Joe. Very good segue. I forgot to mention at the beginning. Um, as you know, I'm part of a lot of ADHD Facebook groups and office Facebook groups. So um, I was recently trying to find one. Um, there is a Facebook group for every intersection of either of those things, right? Like <laughs> there's, uh, there's a page for people who like a particular podcast and have ADHD. There's, you know, a Facebook group for people who like the office and this other podcast, you know? So like there's intersections for everything, but I could not find one that is for people with ADHD who are fans of the office. <laughs> Cause I know we're out there. We have a ton of people out there. Um, so I, I, I am making a Facebook group for fans of the office. I'm hoping to have that together by the time this episode comes out. Um, and I am really workshopping titles. I'm trying to make it funny and punny. Um, but it's really tough. Joe knows I spend a long, a long time, (laughs) too long trying to come up with titles for things. Um, I just put a lot of pressure on myself for some reason. So. Um, but I'm not going to overthink it and I'm just going to get it out there by the time this comes out on Thursday. And, uh, yeah. So if you are a fan of the office and a fan of this podcast, um, or have ADHD, please come on by. Woot woot. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I don't think you, I mean, I think Joe and I are really extreme examples of office fans. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone, you know, you don't have to know, um, everything word by word and know what episode and season it comes from Um, to make to make people feel better you can pretend that we have um like a big book of notes of office quotes sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're not we're not just um coming up with examples out of our head no totally (laughs) i haven't watched the office enough times to be able to recite it verbatim like totally not me um but yeah, so like even even casual fans of The Office, um, if you have ADHD, I really think that there's going to be something for you there. I'm yeah. hoping to make um, ADHD memes featuring The Office a big feature. Yes. So um, if you got those, come bring them by. We really need some. Yes. Um, so yeah, so maybe we want to uh, sum up just like some basic uh, tips for ADHD in the workplace, mm-hmm. I guess we have been focusing mostly on managers, like what managers right. can do. Because yeah, of Michael Scott. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, but also employees, I think it can be helpful. Like, like Jim, I mean, he did try to ask, but it could be, mm-hmm. um, a good, you know, lesson to try, try not to, um, I think there's a lot of shame wrapped up in not knowing things or not knowing how to do things, especially in your job. I think we really try, I think especially, um, well, I don't know if that is true, but I, I feel like especially women, um, I think there is a lot of fear, justifiable fear in admitting you don't know something. And I think there's a lot of like the environment, the corporate environment or the workplace environment that's not conducive to us. And it already feels like you know, we're, we're on, um, you know, being pushed one foot out the door. So that can be very scary, but, um, I think it can be helpful to just, I wish I, I had had some reassurance that like, 
you know, wanting to know how to do things exactly and like needing an example is ultimately it's a good thing. Like you want to do well and that is um, what makes a good employee. I mean, that was, that, that's what makes you good at your job, you know? Yeah. Um, and I kind of love that about therapy. Like I think that's like, cause every person I see is different. And so it's like, it is, it can be scary, but I think it's also a good thing that every new client that I see, it's a new learning experience. Like I'm a different therapist with every client, you know? And I, I like that, like there is no, I mean, there are some things that I am expected to just know, but, um, but I also think that like, you just, you have to feel it out every time. And I'm good at that. Cause I feel like I feel it, out, <laughs> feel everything out day to day. Cause yeah. it's a lot of things that are confusing to me. So, yeah. um, yeah. So make sure that you ask, um, you know, there's no shame in asking, there's no shame in wanting to do well mm-hmm. and needing more support to do that. And, and I think like, um, one thing I saw, I think on Twitter recently is like, um, uh, I forget what account it is. I think it's structured success or something, something like that. But, um, it was a tweet about like ableist culture, um, is, is making it so that, um, neurodivergent or disabled people have to specifically request accommodations instead of it just being a thing that everyone needs different things to be able to thrive. You know, like a lot of times, like I say this all the time, like accommodations for ADHD help everybody most of the time, you know, like every, um, and I think that's one thing that managers can do to be, um, or any type of leader, um, can do is just make it not make accommodations such a weird thing. And, um, maybe make a point of in in your own way asking everybody what are your accommodations like in the sense of like what how do you work best right. like what do you what what support do you need Bring it back to a conversation <coughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. um yeah making it less less on the person having to request accommodations i think is really good and i found that i work better with with um leaders that that make that um, a question from the beginning instead of just making it when I start screwing up, mm-hmm. then it's about like, oh, well, what do you need? You know, like, I think you should make that from the, from the get go. And I have found to have better relationships like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And just, I think just, um, yeah, being able to sum it down, um, to a tip for managers and actually make an effort to create a relationship or a mm-hmm. conversation with your employees and from the employee's perspective, um, like, not gonna lie, I've, I've being a manager is hard work. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, like, in no way are we like bashing managers no. or anything like that. But I think it really is important for the employee to, to, to recognize that and and but also realize your own value. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, no, like this is this is what managers want is uh, and especially within our antiquated paradigm of <laughs> wanting production. Yes. Um, like if you want us to be productive, like let's 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 make the most out of it then and have have our workplace be somewhere we want to be. And that's where right. that's how we become productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Michael Scott showed that time and time again. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Because he prioritized the relationship with clients and with his employees, they were the most "quote unquote" productive yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a a good place to end. Mm-hmm. Well, it's never a good place to end. I mean, we're I know, already right? we're, we're already like an hour in. So I know, like, especially when we get to talk about the office. Oh boy! I mean, there is no stopping point. But I'm trying to think of a good Michael Scott quote to end on. Mm-hmm. Do you have one? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, do I need to be feared or loved? <laughs> Easy. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to fear how much they love me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. What I'm thinking of is, you have no idea how high I can fly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well. But, I mean, Michael Scott has got tons of wisdom. I mean, if you haven't watched The Office, just try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just give it a try. 
But um, but I also want to know, like, if there's any other, like, uh, shows that, um, you know, you really feel accurately speak to your ADHD or something like that. I'm sure that there's other stuff out there. And just because The Office is my thing doesn't mean that there aren't other things. Gilmore Girls is another one I hear a lot. Oh, um, interesting. As a, as a very um, relatable um, female ADHD experience. Mm. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Bob's Burgers. Yes, Bob's <laughs> Burgers. What a wholesome show. We've been so watching good. a lot of that. So, so good. Um, yeah, and I think that there is a lot of ADHD there as well, Yeah. Um, which is very fun. So, yeah, and, and I am, um, you know, for those of you who follow me on Facebook, I've been doing Music Mondays and posting a, a highlight from my ADHD soundtrack every week, um, and I'm almost at the end of my soundtrack. <laughs> so, um so this call goes out for, for songs as well. If there are nice. songs that, like, you really feel like just uh, speak to your ADHD self and either hit you right in the ADHD feels or, um, you know, comfort you or encourage you, uh, send me a message um, or an email. And uh, I would love to feature you on our Facebook page. Ooh. Yeah, so... Thank you. Thank you, Joe, for being here as always. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you all, and uh, I will talk to you next time. That's all for this episode, but there is plenty more at my website, theadhdmanual.com. That's T-H-E-A-D-H-D-M-A-N-U-A-L.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit at The ADHD Manual. Do you have a question, comment, or story? Then I want to hear it. Email me at theadhdmanual at gmail.com. Very special thank you to my brother, Joe Miner, for composing this theme music. And thank you so much for listening. And remember to be kind to yourself. See you next time.